Hi, my name is Ingrid, and I am not with Ayala today. Uh, my dear co-host was unavailable because she has quite the vocal disturbance. She's been coughing and throat clearing, and she's just not sounding like herself. And so to allow her to have a little vocal break, I suggested that we introduce our third member of this miseducated clan. Um, she's actually been here since episode one, which I think um, you guys, if you've been following since episode one, awesome, thank you. And if not, go back and check it out because it's quite the it's quite the tale. Um, she is Shannon to all of you who listened to episode one telling us about the woes of the school system. But to Ayelet and myself, she is Ashanti. Yay! <laughs> Take the floor, Miss Ashanti. All right. I am so excited to be here with you, Ingrid. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's honestly, I, shortly after episode one went live, I said, you know what? I should have just given my real name. Let me just own this story. Let me just be transparent with everyone on what I've been through. So please, if you haven't heard episode one, go back and listen to it so you can maybe relate to my my woes. Uh, if not, you know, maybe shoot me a text if you if you have my cell phone. Oh <laughs> give, my. Me a, give me a pat on the back, a little woo woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> Team support, team support. Team yes. Support. <laughs> so um, Ashanti and I go back to graduate school as well. Um, she and I are pretty similar in the cohort with Ayelet as well. And so she is also in a level of her life that it kind of allowed for her to take up space in this little powwow of the miseducated <laughs> experience. Um, we definitely are unfolding some really fun and interesting things. And I think Ashanti will probably bring some unique stories from the CF population, um, which I think is going to be amazing to hear from that perspective, those early speech language pathologists and how they're feeling in the field. Yes, I have one in particular that I cannot wait to interview her. And I cannot wait to hear everyone's jaw drop to the floor when you fig when you find out what she's been through and what she's had to navigate. Well, I look forward to it. And so um, we'll just keep that in our back pockets for those who continue along at this journey with us. Um, today, I come bringing Miss Hot Mess Mom SLP. That is how she wanted to be titled. <laughs> Episode. Um, I mean, she told quite a tale, you know, 12, 13 year veteran SLP, finding herself creating a beautiful life for herself in a way that was unique, made her and made her fulfill her priorities. Um, the thing about hot mess, which I think um, some SLPs forget, she always knew where her priorities lied. You know, to be frank, we could all do a little better at doing that. You know, we kind of bend a little too far. We seem to think that we can have our cake, eat it too, but you know, honestly, we can't have that. 
we have to kind of make really hard decisions and decide the best thing for ourselves and prioritize it as number one and make sure we never deviate from that. You'd be surprised how wonderful life would feel if you kind of had that decision-making savagery. Hi-ya! You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the best I can do, guys. This is it. Everything else is just going to have to take a bike seat, you know? Absolutely. We all need to, to tap into that. Mm-hmm. I think um, the one of the office ladies that I used to work for or work with in a private practice would tell me, be careful how, how far you bend because they're going to start to see your underwear. So <laughs> I think if we all keep that in the, in the forefront of our minds, you know, it'll it'll make our day to day a little bit less stressful or hectic. Yes. And we'll feel more accomplished in it, you know, because we would have got the thing that needs to be done the most done and then everything else can kind of fall into place from there. And if it isn't taken care of, it's because it wasn't really a big priority anyway. You know, it's okay. So now when she was talking to me about her career, she told me that fresh out of school, she relocated states and landed in the only job that was able to get her hands on for her clinical fellow. It was like an outpatient clinic, which was half peds, half adult, which to be honest was, you know, a bit daunting. After her CF though, she was like, I'm going to step outside of this whole idea of just doing full-time work. I'm going to go PRN and I'm going to go PRN and add some other PRNs. And she ended up adding home health, acute hospital and skilled nursing facility to the job that she had as an PRN outpatient for peds and adults. That was her life. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She just wanted to figure out what kind of area worked for her. And she made the decision that she was just going to do it that way and kind of floated around in that arena for a while, having her own health benefits, just doing it like, okay, this is it. This is, you know, all these settings and I'm gonna just learn all this expertise. Like that's easy. (laughs) She just told me the most unbelievable Herculean feat of all time. And she's like, yeah, it was nothing, no big deal. I did that for a couple of years. (laughs) Wow. I I just couldn't with her, but you know, it was really, it was really fantastic to hear. Um, Anyway, as her career continued, she got offered a full-time position in her acute hospital setting once the other SLP was leaving. So there was this SLP and her, she was here and, and they said, you know, you could build the program, you can do everything. And so she took the position and she did that. She did exactly that. She did what driven SLPs do. She grew her program. She grew it to the point where now there's two full-time SLPs and four per diems on call. Like she tripled that position. That is incredible. <laughs> that woman started running that department like it was its own separate department. She started taking calls outside of work. She started being the problem solver. She started doing the schedules. She became the business owner of the speech language pathology department. She took her vacations when she wanted to. She didn't have to get approval from anyone. Um, You would think, you would think that would lead to a managerial position, don't you think? I was about to say, please tell me she was compensated for all of the additional responsibilities that she was taking on. 
who would do that? Who would compensate <laughs> somebody for, you know, working extra hard for a position to prove that they deserve the position to say, you know what? I know you don't give it to just anybody. Let me prove it. Who would re- who would who would reward that with an actual position? Not the company she was part of, and definitely not a lot out there. Oh no. Ugh. So this hardworking speech language pathologist was just busting her ass and watching what she stated were men and physical therapists get the positions over her. Unfortunately, that is just the norm. No matter what state we work in, it is just, that is so normal. We don't even flinch at it any longer. You know, it's either a guy, it's either a man that's going to go ahead and fill in that position or it's a physical therapist and nothing against PTs. I love, I love all my PTs that I've ever worked with, but it just, wow, after proving herself and taking the reins and growing it, you know, tripling, quadrupling, you know, the amount of speech pathologists they needed on staff. She thrippled, honey. Thripple is the word. She thrippled that thing. Oh my goodness. Boy. Yeah, no, she did. She did amazing work. She did amazing work and it wasn't rewarded. And, you know, there are going to be some managerial interviews I'm going to do with some speech language pathologists because there is a bias to hiring a speech language pathologist as a manager. And it is common and it is well known. It is not a secret that they don't target speech language pathologists who have executed extraordinary leadership skills and how they manage their own schedules and how they do the work and how they hold it up to high excellence and should absolutely be one of the amongst the PTs and OTs of the profession. But they will literally leave that off of job applications. They don't even acknowledge that SLPs can be managers. That's how severe this bias is. Insane. Absolutely insane. And I'm, I'm wondering, thinking back to when we were doing our, you know, graduate studies, there weren't any, quote, you know, managerial classes, there weren't any courses that, you know, specifically looked into that or taught us those skills. But at the same time, a PT doesn't have those, that skill set built into their graduate studies either. Am I mistaken? No, it's just that there's more males right. in that in that in that we're 98% women right and we are really taught to be docile and just do what we're told and kind of go through the you know go through the job scheme. Mm. you know it's just the woman disposition and it it's a really hard space to get an equal footing um, you know, there is a reason that the male SLPs of our profession make more than the female SLPs of our profession and hold higher positions in community than female SLPs. I mean, it's just not something that we're driving into place. We are allowing men kind of to dominate in those spaces. And uh, it shows. It really does show. And so professionally, it's really a tough sell to get yourself from being a practicing SLP to a managerial SLP. But there are those that are doing it. There are those that are getting there. Yes. And high five to all of those that are getting there because (laughs) it's, it's so needed. It's, it is so needed so that we can change, you know, or they can change this 
this uh, unpopular pattern that has just been perseverating for years and years. Absolutely. And I mean, when I was talking to, you know, Miss Mess, she was like, she worked in a role as the leader. She was never able to break the glass ceiling of that managerial position. It felt awful. You know, she spoke at length about doing all that work, the scheduling and, and calling in the evenings and weekends, making sure to go above and beyond. And she just, it just wasn't worth it. It just wasn't worth it. And it was across a long time. It was about, she's been with that company for about 10 years now. So it's not a short period of time and it's very disheartening and it probably hurt. I, I can imagine it hurt. Oh, absolutely. It's a blow to the ego because it, it communicates to her that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work and no matter how far you bend for us, it won't be enough for you to get into that position that you, you've been striving for. So it, it absolutely hurt. Yeah. And in sh- there's a space where you go, well, you don't deserve that. And we can all see that and we can all understand that. But Mm -hmm. we also know that whatever your value is, it has nothing to do with that. So she learned that very beautifully upon the delivery of her second child. Um, But I'll get around to that. I spoke to her a little bit about where she was miseducated, um, again, aside from the whole management aspect of things. And she said she felt miseducated in regards to her education for uh, the autistic uh, population and for video fluoroscopy swallow studies. Now, it wasn't that the program she felt it was lacking. It was just something that she just didn't expect. You know, you go in the time that we were practicing early on autism, there was an association with a lot of behaviors, Mm -hmm. a lot of biting of hands and fighting and, 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 and some of those autistic children were bigger than she was. And there was no real clarity as to how you go about this. It was a fresh new way of having compassion and moving through autism with trying to figure out how do I treat you where you, I can replace your bad behaviors with good ones or find the way you communicate and bring that out. Or, you know, that was very daunting to her. She was really, really scared about that. And the other piece was she got hired to be in an acute hospital with zero training for video fluoroscopy swallow studies and had to do them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So she went in there like she during the interview, she made it really clear. She was like, yep, mm -mm. I know that I made some poor judgment calls in the beginning. She did advocate for herself, though. She got training from the trauma department an hour away from her hospital. She was like, I am not going to continue to be bad at this. You know, I need my training. Yeah. And she did that for every daunting experience. She made it her priority to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this well. And that is what such a aggressive story about her personality is. She really did not allow herself to kind of just sit in the, I don't know, this should have been given to me. Instead, it's, uh, okay, I got to keep going. Correct. I got to keep going. There's more to learn. There's more to know. You know, it's just another opportunity to keep pushing my education. Let's keep going. There's never a stopping point in this career. 
there's always growth, just this constant presence of I'm not going to stay in the same place because everything changes anyway. So what an incredible outlook. You know, I think a lot of and I, I, I think back of when I first graduated and you are shell shocked because at least for you and I, that was the longest master's degree program that our that our university offered. The yeah. longest one. No breaks the longest one. And so once we graduated, 72 credits, I will never forget 72 credits for a master's program. A master's in business is 30 credits. Me and my brother, I look at him. I'm like, I could have been a PhD. Yes. 72 yes. no sleep no break no nothing yes. it was it was to the point where anywhere on campus if, if somebody asked oh what's your major oh I'm you know doing uh graduate studies in speech uh uh oh my gosh communication sciences and disorders and they would just look at us with the pity face like oh you poor thing because mm. they knew mm. and, and so I I say that to to go to this point of where we were freshly graduated. We're out in the field and we don't want to do any more coursework <laughs> and we don't want to do any more classes. And I think that was just, obviously this was, you know, fast forward so many years into her career, but it, it's just incredible that she just was like, okay, this wasn't placed in my lap. This wasn't part of my course studies. I'm going to have to take it upon myself and pull up my big girl panties and just get it done and get trained on it and figure out a way. And so that that's incredible. Well, she is that person in a sense because she was not yet a wife or yet a mother. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> we had energy to be able to exercise those things. I mean, I remember after my graduation, I would go home, I studied every single night after I graduated so that I could be the best speech pathologist. I was not going to be bad. I was writing documentation. I was always doing research. I spent a lot of time being an excellent speech language pathologist really early because I was in the school system. I was in home health. Mm -hmm. I was in a skilled nursing facility. I was an outpatient. I did that in my CF. Yeah, I was a student. So, I mean, I definitely felt like, you know, Hot mess was definitely speaking to me. And so, and speaking about yeah. what we really were experiencing through our program and post program. And I'm similar to her, um, but she had some other things that I did not, that I thought was really amazing. So, um, as we kept talking, you know, I kind of asked her, what would be your rec recommendation for the next generation? She's like, honestly, never get locked into anything. I mean, it's not forever. You can always about face at any time, you know, always be dedicated to learning. Research is always changing, which, you know, I deeply understand. I really think about that. Research is always changing. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I understand that because people change and we serve people. And we need to always be ready. And I believe that we're always, absolutely we're always the scientists in the room. And hot mess is that person, and that's why she's so great at studying the past of all the mm -hmm. information, and then also innovating and moving things forward and growing them. I think it's fantastic. Well, the ever changing you know climate of just the the people that we serve in our profession 
you know, whereas when we were in graduate school, you know, a person there, there was those, you would say, you would either say an autistic person or a person having autism. Now it's, um, you know, neuro, what is it? Neurodiverse. Uh, neurodiverse sorry as I stutter over my words um but that you know that is one of the main keys in that we we are constantly having to pivot and and that's absolutely true don't get locked in don't get locked into terminology don't get locked into you know uh a, a certain treatment um strategy that you're using don't get locked in because it's going to change that is just life. That's the world we live in. It's going to change. And think of it as always trying to get better, be better. Absolutely. It's the sign of the times. Mm -hmm. The more involved you are with your patient, though, you'll never go wrong. As long as patient-centered care is your focus, you'll never go wrong because you'll always be assessing the patient and the patient's needs and that will help you guide your care. It's just, it's so easy once you make that your highest priority and your patients will show you how to heal them and then you can claim it as innovation, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or use it as a pivoting point to, to maybe um, create something new, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the person who came yeah. with sucking on lollipops for dysphagia, I bless them. <laughs> I bless them every day. Here's the lollipop. Suck on swallow. Suck and swallow. Come on. Let's go. Because there is nothing that heals a swallow like a swallow. <laughs> There's no better exercise for swallowing than actually swallowing. Boy. <laughs> I just love those scientists. I love those people that were like, nobody wants to consume thickened liquids. Free Fraser brought her product. <laughs> <laughs> insert insert foghorn boo 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 <laughs> the amount of excitement slps had around the free fresher water protocol we're like what we could get a little water for our patients oh yes <laughs> <laughs> the amount of excitement okay because you knew that looking at that honey thick liquid with the powder mm -mm. that you were trying to mix in to smooth out for your patient was just gonna, you know. So yes, I'm so glad we've made some progress on the side. And and with the honey liquids, no amount of elbow grease was gonna get every single one of those little clumps out. <laughs> no amount of elbow grease, grit, determination. There was always a little something at the bottom of that cup. Let's be real. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that is ridiculous. So anyway, I continued to talk with my lovely girl, Hot Mess. And I said, you know, what kind of made you move into a space of more so living your dreams? And that's when the whole idea of what she's prioritizing came to mind. Her second child was born and she just put it in her mind that this is going to be much more on me now with my second child, um, you know, I've already got a lot of things happening with my first child activities and things, you know, these super achieving moms that like to do so much with their children. She's one of these moms that just really enjoys that. And so she took a shift in her arena for work and was like, I'm just not going to go back to work after this child. And she was looking at um, online and participating in on, an online business um, 
And who to thunk it that during her time at, on this online business, she was able to leave her full-time employment and now just works PRN at, um, with her full-time employers. Insane. <clears throat> she was, she found herself, you know, just getting really creative about being flexible and she just stumbled on a whole new life structure that her dreams are now her every single day. You know, Hot Mess Mom is an elite level five with Lexus Achiever tagged on it from Rodin and Fields. Okay, so this is an online skincare line, guys. Yeah. I know some of you probably have heard of this. Hmm, I might have to contact her. Maybe I want to order something. Yeah. Absolutely. No, but it's really interesting that these online skincare lines and, you know, beauty products are really doing a very good job at making sure that people can grow their own at home business. And she got to the point where she was grossing over six figures with the flexibility of, you know, 15, 20 hours a week. Wow. The opportunity for her with that at home business was just tremendous. And that's how she really found some flexibility in her life. Now she does have a supportive husband. So her doing these risky transitions in her life came with that. But ultimately she and her husband both knew if she set her mind to anything, something would come of it. Like, right. She was going to succeed. Exactly. There was, awesome. There was a clear understanding that there was no other option but for her to be successful if she set her mind to something, even though the speech language pathology environment did not give her that. I think also a lot of us get, you know, us, the, you know, SLPs at large get stuck in that we've either invested so much into our education or we've taken out so many student loans, you know, to, to be educated and we get stuck in that we can't think outside the box we have to make this work we are forced to do it otherwise what was all that work for and I think hot mess just refused to to enter into that narrative of being stuck in it quote-unquote and I think that's that's a really valuable lesson for everyone you know it's it's okay to look outside of what, what it is that you actually studied um, and find something that fills you with passion, that that works for you. And that is obviously anyone, <laughs> everyone's going to be passionate about some money in their bank account, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And she really, you know, when your work is rewarded, it becomes something that is addictive to people that work really hard where it isn't rewarded. It becomes Yes. You really need, you really become such a rock star in it because you're grateful that your work can actually prove fruitful. Where in the speech language pathology arena, no matter how hard you work, you really just have to constantly pivot, adjust, shift to find where you can shine so beautifully. You cannot do it just working as an employee. It's just not possible. It's very rare. I'm I'm certain there are one or two opportunities out there that are taken and that that person in those opportunities will not leave it for the world. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't, but 
Nowhere in the speech language pathology world can you make six figures in a few years of practice. You just, I just don't see that happening. And that's what I mean. That's, you are correct in that. Absolutely. Um, Before moving back to Florida, I was, you know, researching which school districts were around the area that I wanted to live in. And it was, you know, one school district, the cap was 50K. You know, another school district, the cap was 36K. I, laughable, right? Um, you know, the another school district, it was 74K. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Who lied to us? Because, in, you know, before graduating, everyone's thinking, oh, we're going to bank. Not necessarily. Well, Not necessarily. I didn't think I was going I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't misguided in knowing what I was signing up for. Mm. So I was not really prepared for that. I knew I had to chicken and jive to get, you know, some increase in my salary, but I've done things like traveling therapy or been a director rehab in a remote environment that paid stupid, dumb money. That was just like, wow, you know, I've done what I needed to, to, to work this profession, to be financially lucrative for me, but Mm -hmm. basis of, um, you know, the average, just regular employee, it's not like hot mess is sitting here running across the nation doing the skincare line. She's just working diligently from home, being consistent at the same job and it's producing fruit. And so that's what I mean by the fact that the speech language pathology arena just doesn't afford us that as a regular employee doing your job every day, you just get to look forward to that one to 3% raise annually. Or if you even get that raise annually, you don't even know. It depends on the contract for the school system or Yes, maybe like you don't even know. So in that space that like she kind of did a real big pivot. And the reason the reason she had this pivot, you know, it's the whole thing where you want hard work to yield good things. You want that. At least that's the American dream. And that's what it represents. So because it's not afforded to the speech language pathologist, you know, you kind of get to the point of the burnout, that lovely word. Uh, the bitterness. Yes. The resentment. Oh, yeah. That one, too. And nobody warns you that when you start off in this career, you're like a single, fun, amazing SLP. And then you become a girlfriend and a wife and a homemaker <laughs> and a mom and then a mom of two. And then, you know, I am every shiro on the planet. No one says your life is going to get that complicated as you do this career. And Correct. Correct. And I think also, you know, uh, piggybacking off of that, you don't know the progression of your life as a human being. You know, like you said, you become a girlfriend, you become a wife, you become a mother of however many children you become, you know, uh, the Uber for your children, you become (laughs) the maid, the homemaker, this, that, and the third. And I'm wondering, and and I, I being maybe facetious here, but does that have anything to do with why the female SLP is often overlooked for managerial positions? I don't know that aspect. I would say that being able to juggle all that things just executed the highlight that SLPs can be managers for sure, because they manage their husbands, manage their homes, manage their children. Right. Their jobs. So I think that is very clear that SLPs have managerial capacity. It's simply just 
the type of system that's structured. Um, right. And and we kind of have to just acknowledge that and do our best to navigate it and say, well, we know we kind of live in, an, in a patriarchal environment that rewards men. Exactly. Um, you yeah. just have to accept that at the simple facet. But I think women need to be comfortable in saying, I've gone too far. <laughs> I've gone too far. I cannot be the rock star employee, rock star wife, rock Right. you know, um, mom and homemaker. And it's just too many responsibilities. Yeah. And to the point where there's, there's nothing left at the end of the day, that person just, you look in the mirror, you know, and you're like, who are you? (laughs) And so many of us can do it. So many of us can do it. And when I see that happening, it's usually because there's a wonderful supportive husband Absolutely. It's on the team like, okay, well, listen, we're going to work this out together as a team. And so I do recognize those things occur in in the course of this career. And I love that. And then there's still, you know, the single SLPs have been through it, just single the whole way through like I have been. And it's been quite the journey of me being able to chase the money and chase the financial, um, you know, gains with a different type of method and path. I, I've enjoyed that. So, I mean, I think we can all get it in the ways that we want it. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing to learn at least, at least for me, for myself, um, from hot Mess's story is just don't be shy to pivot. Don't, don't get locked in. Don't get locked in. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's not, if it's not pleasing you, if it's not fulfilling you, look for something else. You can still do the SLP thing. And it's sad that maybe some of us have to look outside of it. Uh, but you, you do what you got to do. You know, there's no one's going to sit there and, and, you know, wipe your tears <laughs> as you're, as you're, you know, just continuing to be upset over the same thing. Right. We, we can't continue that without you know, really saying, this is the situation we're in though. So what are you going to do within it to make sure that you prioritize the way that you need to? Right. Um, Right. And that's what you all, and what we all have to decide. I remember giving an SLP advice about, um, you know, how much should I ask for? How much should I make? And I was like, well, how much are your expenses? And do it based off that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, and once you know what your expenses are, then ask for as much as you want over that for fun whatever. And then don't budge. And if they want you, they want you. And if they don't, they don't, but you decide what you want. Never, ever let anybody else tell you that it's not even a mentor SLP. That's not our responsibility. Your, your life is different than my life. I can't tell you how much you should make a year, you know, so we can demand it for ourselves. We can figure it out. We can be that powerful in our negotiations or in our spaces. If we feel comfortable, be making other people uncomfortable, which we have to, you know? Yeah. And I think that might be part of why, you know, we're not paid as well. We don't enter into those difficult conversations. I will admit, you know, with as much as I've moved around in my career, I am the worst at negotiating my salary. I just, out of a need to just be employed, I would take what I could could get because no one wants to spend, you know, four, eight, uh, 12 weeks without a job. You just want, you just want to work, you know? So I think, um, I think that is something that maybe, uh, 
needs to change within within our own um, career uh, career path. Maybe that's something that we can start instilling in you know the younger SLPs. Don't be shy. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you ask for that money. Well, make sure you ask for what you're worth. I well, that's the thing. They don't that the, you don't know your value when you come out of graduate school, and you don't know your value is your even five years, and you don't really know your value, which is why I say look at your expenses. Look at what you want your life to look at and then do your best to make the numbers match. I mean, that's the best you can do as yeah. negotiating, but always do it based off of what your life is needing to look like, because it's really hard to just come up with the idea of what you're worth, especially if you're a woman in a society that tells you you're kind of second best to a man. It really is difficult. There's a lot of value issues with women. We do not hold ourselves as valuable just because we're in the room. So that's why I say don't do it in an ambiguous way. Do it in a way that really is relative and relatable to your decisions. Like, I know my expenses will be this. I know that I like to vacation once or twice a year. I want to be able to save a little money. I want to make sure I have a 401k that's in place. I want to make sure that I can buy a home in the next three years. So this is what my salary needs to be based on my expenses and what my wish list is. And go hard for that. Just go hard for that. Live your most honest and true representation in the room of negotiation. And if they don't want you, that's when you're risking it all anyway. And you can take a job anywhere and your life can be changed. Absolutely. So I think if we start operating on that front at the very beginning of the CF experience, then it's a domino effect to the rest of the elders because, you know, we did have the circumstance, unfortunately, that we're a little bit at a harder stance because now we have children. Now we do have responsibilities. Some of us can't, you know, make a different choice. But if you're in the beginning and you're able to move around for that dream income, Mm-hmm. Do it from the beginning and then just let your life be set from there. It'll be much more rewarding in the long run. That's a very good point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of it, Miss Hot Mess with her lovely skincare line is doing incredibly well in her life. She's happy and present as a mother. Um, she is a fantastic advocate for um, making sure that She has a team of individuals that can have their own independence as well, encouraging and pushing them forward in in the skincare line. And she's just a wonderfully transparent, genuine human being that I had such a great pleasure interviewing. And I cannot stand all these dope people that are coming out of the woodwork to talk with us. I feel so honored by it. I think it's fantastic. Um, You know, we tweeted or not tweeted. What am I talking about? I don't even tweet. <laughs> I, don't tweet I don't know how to tweet guys. I don't know. I tried. I did so badly. <laughs> I I have a Twitter and I promise you, I don't remember my password. <laughs> it's, it's been that long. I just, I've given up on all of it. I just, I don't know. But I, um, I recently Instagrammed, um, from the informed SLP that I interviewed with her. And so that's going to be moving in, in, you know, the next coming, you know, coming weeks. And I just think it's really fantastic that I've had the opportunity to encounter and chat with business owners and strong transition career women and faculty. It's just an honor for real. Like I can't say enough how dope it's been 
to have this journey. And I hope that more of you actually come out and DM me on Instagram and I yell it on Instagram. She's um, definitely available for email so that we can get you interviewed. It's just been really, really tough um, not having too many people reach out. So we're looking for that for sure. So come one, come all guys. Yes. Come share, share your stories with us, share your, your problems and share your solutions. Cause we don't ever want to just gripe about what the problems are. Let's also talk about how we're working through things and, you know, navigating these waters. Yeah. I see the, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, especially for some of the things that are heavy hitting in the speech career. So we're going to be shifting the tide, I think, especially if we keep talking about it. But we do need to talk. So let's try to do that. You know, our, our IG is the Miseducated SLP. So you can, re- you can find us there. And um, miseducatedslp at gmail.com is our email. So you can reach out to us there. Um, I am the Advocate SLP. And so you could always follow me and get a conversation going there. Um, Ashanti, I don't know if you want to toss out your, your information yet. Are you going to give that, you know, some time? <laughs> you know, we, we don't want you to be overloaded with all the fans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it might generate some income. I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. I am in a transitional period of having to change my uh, Instagram name. So I will have to. Uh, and in a future episode, I will share that information with everyone. But I do want to encourage all of our SLP friends that are listening out there. Once you listen to an episode, share it out. Uh, you know, it, send it to somebody on Instagram. Send it to somebody on Spotify. What, whatever avenue you're using to to follow um, this project, to follow this, please share it to one person each and every week. Ooh. let's let's make it spread like wildfire Ooh, she's look at her she's calling to action some slp guys <laughs> i mean i can't imagine that you, you've listened to this and not thought to yourself yeah there's a couple people that need to hear this so for real for real you you know you thinking so and so just was the other day talking about something that happened and mm-hmm. you know just share it out you know one one becomes two two becomes four four becomes eight it just do the math yeah so everyone, I challenge you, share it with one person. Ooh, guys, I really like her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you keep me around. You keep me around. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm glad you've joined us for episode six. We've made it this far. Woo! And yes. until we meet again next week, you have a good one. Yes, everybody be peaceful. <laughs> Bye. Bye.